Alhamdulillah Hamdan kathiran tayyiban mubarakan fih Kama yuhibbu rabbuna wa yarubba' Ashadu an la ilaha illallah wahdahu la sharika lah Wa ashadu anna muhammadan abduhu wa rasuluh Al-Nasihul Amin Allahumma salli ala nabiyyina muhammad Wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in Wa man tamasaka bi sunnatihi Iriyumiddin Thumma amma ba'd Alhamdulillah ala ni'matil islami wa sunnah All praise and thanks belong to Allah for guiding us to Islam and for guiding us to the Sunnah. Haddathani jama'a min al-mashayikh wa huwa hadith musalsal bil awaliyya bi-isnad kullin ila Sufyan bin Uyayna an Amr bin Dinar an Abi Qabus Mawla Abdullah bin Amr an Abdullah bin Amr bin Aas radiyallahu ta'ala anhuma عن رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم أنه قال الراحمون يرحمهم الرحمن ارحموا من في الأرض يرحمكم من في السماء. The Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم said, those who are merciful then they will be shown mercy by the most merciful. Be merciful to those who are in the earth. And the one who is above the heavens will show you mercy. Al-ilm rahmah. Knowledge is mercy. Wa natijatuhu rahmah fi dunya wa ghayatuhu rahmah fi al-akhirah. The end result of knowledge is mercy here in this dunya. And the end result of knowledge is mercy in the akhirah. Naam. The ultimate goal of knowledge is mercy in the akhirah. Alhamdulillah ala ni'mat al-islami wa-sunnah. Yani Allahumma anfa'na bima allamtana wa'allimna ma yanfa'una wa zidna ilma. Oh Allah, increase us. Oh Allah, benefit us with that which you have taught us and teach us that which benefits us and increase us in knowledge. Naam, and increase us in knowledge. This is a dua. That we should constantly beg Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with, yani, as well as the general dua, Rabbi zidni ilma, O my Lord, increase me in knowledge. Naam. Alhamdulillah, we're still going over the hadith of Jibreel. The hadith of Jibreel, alayhi salatu wasalam. And we have reached the portion of the hadith. With Jibreel alayhi salatu wassalam, he said, Ya Muhammad, O Muhammad, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, akhbirani anil Islam. Inform me about Islam. Inform me about Islam. Meaning, what is Islam? Define for me Islam. To which the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, he said, Al-Islam an tashhada an la ilaha illallah, wa anna Muhammad al-Rasulullah, wa tuqeem al-salaa, وتؤتي الزكاة وتصوم رمضان وتحج البيت إن استطعت إليه سبيلا. He said Islam. The Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم he said that Islam it is to testify and bear witness that none has the right to be worshipped in truth except Allah and that Muhammad is the messenger of Allah to establish the prayer, to pay the zakat, to give charity. 
to fast Ramadan, to fast in the month of Ramadan, and to make Hajj, to make pilgrimage to the house, if you are able to do so, if you are capable of doing so. Naam. After which Jibreel alayhi salatu wasalam he said, Sadaqt, you have told the truth, you have spoken the truth. Here, there's a lot of benefits in it. One, we learn what Islam is built upon, or more specifically here in this ayah, we learn that Islam consists of these five matters. In the next hadith, the third hadith that comes in Arba'in and Nawiyah, we will learn that Islam is built upon these five matters. Now, in this answer from the Prophet there are some beautiful benefits that strike come out to us and that strike out to us. From them is that Al Islam will Iman This is this is a principle, if you will say, uh, that we should know and we should get down. That Islam and Iman when they come together they separate, meaning when they are mentioned in the same construction or in close proximity to each other in the same context, then their meanings will separate. And when they separate, meaning they are not mentioned in the same context, they are not mentioned in the same, so yeah, they're not mentioned in the same yani, sentence or what have you, then their meanings come together. Now, inshallah ta'ala, we'll go more into that, but this is a very important Point so that we know we understand when we're reading the text. When we're reading the text and we see Islam by itself, then we know what it means. If we're reading the text and we see Iman by itself, we know what it means. If we're reading the text and we see them come together, then we know what each of them means. Then we know what each of them means when they come together. The Fadil to Shaykh, Shaykh Abdul Muhsin. Al-Abad al-Badr, Hafidhullah Ta'ala, he mentions, he says, Ajab al-Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam jibreela indama sa'alahu anil islam bil-umur al-zahira. He said that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he answered Jibreel when Jibreel alayhi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam asked him about, when Jibreel alayhi sallam, when he asked him about Islam, he responded to him by pointing out the apparent affairs. Naam, he responded to him by pointing out the apparent Affairs. But when he asked him about Iman, he said, Ya Muhammad, Iman. Oh Muhammad, tell me what is Iman? To which the Prophet he said, He said that Iman is to believe in Allah, to believe in his yani, uh, to believe in his books to the end of the statement of the Prophet. So when he asked him about Iman, the Prophet ﷺ, he responded, He responded by pointing out those affairs that are internal, those affairs that are hidden. So we benefit from this tremendously because now we have an example where Islam and Iman are being mentioned together. Right? Now, the principle is that what? When they come together, they separate. What does that mean? Is that when they're mentioned together, then what separates? Their meanings. Their meanings. That when they are mentioned in the same construction, then their meanings separate. Naam. 
And when they are mentioned in separate constructions, then their meaning comes together, right? Meaning their meaning is one. They're synonyms for one another when they're mentioned by themselves. Naam? So when they're mentioned by themselves, Islam includes all of the deen. When they're mentioned by themselves, Iman includes all of the deen. That makes sense? Naam? So the Shaykh goes on to further explain and to highlight. He says, وَلَوْذُ الْإِسْلَامِ وَالْإِيمَانِ مِنَ الْأَلْفَاضِ الَّتِي إِذَا جُمِعَ بَيْنَهَا يعني جُمِعَ بَيْنَهَا فِي الذِّكْرِ فُرِّقَ بَيْنَهَا فِي الْمَعْنَى That when they come together, when they're mentioned together, then they separate in meaning. Then their meanings do what? Separate. Naam? So when Islam and Iman are mentioned in the same sentence, what happens? Their meanings separate. So Islam will mean this and Iman will mean that. So Islam will point to the apparent affairs, the, the, the affairs of the limb, and Iman will point to the affairs that are internal, the affairs that are internal. This is when they're mentioned together. When they're mentioned by themselves, what happens? Then the meanings are the same. Then they each mean each. Then they each mean those apparent affairs and internal affairs. Now, the apparent affairs and the internal affairs. Now, we stop here because in that, in that, there is a clear, yani, there is a clear indication that what? That actions, that actions are from that which is called Iman. Their actions are from Iman. They're from faith. And that Iman is not this abstract construct that only refers to the hidden things. Because we said that when Iman is mentioned by itself, that it includes the affairs of Islam. And the affairs of Islam are what? Are the apparent actions. So actions are from Iman. So it is not sufficient. Or we see the deficiency in the statement of the person that says, yani, the person who is lacking in their actions or they have abandoned actions, and they say, but I have strong iman. My, 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 my heart is white, my heart is pure, right? I have strong iman. But their actions are, are wanting, as if actions don't enter into what is iman. Naam? This is a proof and evidence that what actions are from iman. Their actions are from iman. Naam? And how could they not be? Because in the pillars of Islam, we have what? We have as-salah, and salah is the greatest pillar after what? The shahad. And if a person were to abandon the salah, the Prophet he said what? فَقَدْ كَفَرْ Then he has disbelieved. But disbelief is the opposite of what? Belief. Faith, iman, is belief. The Prophet he said that if a person abandoned the salah, فَقَدْ كَفَرْ وَالْكُفَرْ is what? Disbelief. So this is an indication that what? Another indication that actions are from Iman. This is very important because see, Ahl-Sunnah, we are balanced. We are balanced. Now, we don't have an ideology that pushes us far to the left, nor one that pushes us far to the right. So you have individuals in this regard that you have the extremists. Now, you have the extremists that yeah, they, they are they, they, they are yeah, extreme and they have with them ghulu and so on and so forth. Amthal al-Khawarij, for example, right? Um, 
uh, like the terrorists, you know, ISIS, Daesh, Shabab, yani, Ikhwan Muslimin, so on and so forth. Ha'ula, yani, Irharbiyun, Ghulat. But this is an extreme. This is an extreme. Okay? And then you have on the other side the Murji'ah. And the Murji'ah, they are extreme. The Khawarij, they say that if you make a sin, you make a major sin, you leave Islam. All your Iman is gone. Okay? The Murji'ah uh, say actions are not from Iman. So if you don't do any actions, if you don't pray, you don't fast, you don't do any actions, it's fine. Your Iman is still 100% like the Iman of the angels. That's what the Murji'ah they say. And it says don't affect Iman. Because you're a strong believer regardless. Because actions don't have nothing to do with it. Ahlul Sunnah is in the middle. Ahlul Sunnah has balance. We say no. One sin, falling into major sin, does not remove you from Islam. Not at all. However, actions are from Iman. And sins have an adverse effect upon the Iman. And this is why we have to strive to stay away from sin. And this is why you find the balance. Whereas we're not neglectful nor are we extremists because those khawarij they're extremists but the murji'ah they too are extremists but to the other end meaning that they're extremely neglectful they're extremely neglectful so they don't care about yani, establishing uh, righteousness they don't care about establishing prayer they don't care about being righteous to one's parents so on and so forth why because all of this is arbitrary is arbitrary because the iman is strong regardless of what you do or what you don't do it doesn't really matter Ahlul Sunnah knows in the middle. So we have concerns. Stay away from sin because it can adversely affect your Iman. Do righteous good deeds because it will help the health of your Iman and yeah, so on and so forth. Now, so the motivation when it comes to yani, worshiping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to making dhikr, so on and so forth, we realize the reality of it. Now, when we ask Allah ta'ala for forgiveness, this is what? What does this do to the heart? It cleans it. This is a cleansing for the heart. Cleaning for the heart. Now, and when we make dhikr, when we remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, this is decoration for the heart. This is decoration for the heart. Anyone knows that what? You need both. You need to clean and decorate. Clean and decorate, right? If you have, yeah, this is an example. If you have guests coming over, right, what do you do? You clean up the house. You clean it. No? So you're going to sweep, vacuum, dust, whatever the case is, right? But at the same time, you're going to put things in the right place, arrange it, you know? And so you're going to also decorate the house in preparation for guests. But our heart in preparation for yani, uh, uh, Iman and those things will benefit our heart. We have, to, well, we have to clean our heart and decorate our heart. How do we clean our heart? By making istighfar, tawbah. That's how we clean it. Now, how do we decorate it? By praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. By saying subhanallah, walhamdulillah, la ilaha illallah, wallahu akbar. These things are extremely important. Yani, because this is from the sunnah. This is from the Sunnah. So the people of the Sunnah, they should be people of dhikr, constant remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, people who are constantly asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive them. Ala kulli hal, the Shaykh goes on to mention, back to the topic here, he says, وَلَوْذِ الْإِسْلَامُ الْإِيمَانِ مِنَ الْأَلْفَاضِ الَّتِي إِذَا جُمِعَ بَيْنَهَا أو إِذَا جُمِعَ بَيْنَهَا فِي الذِّكْر فُرِّقَ بَيْنَهَا that they are from those expressions that if they come together in a statement, in, a, in an expression, then their meanings will separate. Naam. But here they come together. So Islam here 
has been explained by those actions that are apparent. Those actions that are apparent. Well, and this is befitting for the meaning of Al-Islam. Because Al-Islam, many supports understand. Al-Islam, it comes from Al-Istislam. Which means to submit. Which means to submit. You understand? People, they come and say, Islam means peace. Yani, it's derived from that. But it means to submit oneself. Because the only way that we're going to attain ultimate peace, right? The only way we're going to attain the ultimate security is by submitting ourselves to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Without submitting ourselves unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we will never receive any peace, never receive any security. Because for the one who does not submit themselves unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then for them is the hellfire. There's no peace in the hellfire. There's no security in the hellfire. No, not at all. So, it's better that we, that we understand this meaning and we come from the standpoint. Because you hear a lot of people on their tongues, especially, you know, a lot of misinformation and so on and so forth in media, social media, and in media in general, right? Um, where they say Islam is peace. And then people come in with this, yeah, this, this type of understanding and, and all this type of stuff. Whereas a person is more benefited by understanding that Islam means to submit, their, submit themselves, to submit themselves to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is the meaning of al-Islam. Al-Istislam wal lillah ta'ala. That we submit ourselves and that we are compliant. We submit ourselves unto Allah with tawheed. And we are compliant to the commands, to the rules and regulations that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has set upon us. That we comply to them. We comply to them. Naam. And when we fall short, we ask for forgiveness. Naam. Wa fussir al-iman. And Iman has been, has been explained by those affairs that are internal. And it is befitting for its meaning. Because its meaning, the meaning of Iman, what tasdiq wal iqrar, it means to, to, to deem as truthful and to accept or to acknowledge. To recognize and acknowledge and to deem as truthful, right? And when you look at each submission and compliance, these are things that are apparent. You can see it when a person is submitting, a person is compliant. So therefore, the Prophet ﷺ, he described Islam with, with those affairs that are uh, external. And when it comes to يعني, deeming as being truthful and acknowledgement and acceptance, so on and so forth, then these are affairs that, what, that are internal. And this is why in the Prophet ﷺ, from the wisdom, that the Prophet ﷺ, he described Iman as those things that are linked to internal matters. And if they are separated from the other, if one is separated from the other, then the two meanings will be incorporated. Both of the two meanings will be incorporated together. So if Islam comes by itself, what does it mean? It means the affairs that are apparent and hidden. But if Iman comes by itself, what does it mean? It points to the affairs that are hidden and apparent. But if they come together, if they mention together, then Islam means what? It points to those affairs that are apparent. And Iman would point to those affairs that are hidden. Naam, sent. So if they come separate, then they will include both those affairs that are apparent and those affairs that are hidden. 
ومن مجيل الإسلام and you give an example one of the places where Islam is mentioned by itself نعم مفردا one of the places that, is, that Islam is mentioned by itself is like in Allah Ta'ala's statement that can be found in Surah Ali Imran in his verse 85 and whoever intends or desires other than Islam as their deen it will never be accepted from them and in the hereafter, they will be from the losers. So now when we hear this ayah, whoever intends or seeks other than Islam, it will never be accepted from him. We understand that that means what? All of the deen, all the religion, right? Whoever doesn't accept Islam, all of the religion. And from an example of where Iman comes by itself, is like in Allah Ta'ala's statement, وَمَنْ يَكْفُرْ بِالْإِيمَانِ and whoever disbelieves in Iman, So whoever disbelieves in Iman, then his actions will be rendered null and void, and in the hereafter he will be from the, the losers. Naam, he will be from the Khasirin. Same word. He will be from the Khasirin, losers. Naam, but when we hear this verse, and whoever disbelieves in Iman, do we understand what's being spoken about? All of the religion. All of the religion. Now, so this is an example that they come separate. They include and encompass the meaning of the other one. So when Islam comes by itself, it means all of the religion. When Iman comes by itself, it means all of the religion. Now, like, And this gives you some other words in the Arabic language. That are similar, meaning that when they come together, their meanings separate, and when they separate, their meanings come together. Another example of this, of, of, of two words that have this functionality, is like faqir and miskin. Right? Faqir and miskin. That when faqir is mentioned by itself, it means poor people. When miskin mentioned by itself, it means poor people. When you bring them both together, then the faqir is the one who doesn't have. Yani his basic necessities and the miskin is the one who has his basic necessities but he doesn't have enough to cover all his needs right the miskin is the one who they're poor right but they have a little bit they have a little bit so maybe for example maybe they could afford food but not clothes right or they can afford yani food and clothes but not all of their bills some of their bills but not all of their bills so this person you say miskin when they come together, right? Whereas the fakir, he he can't got nothing. He can't he can't pay his bills. He can't buy food. He has nothing. Now, and what's one of the proofs and the evidence is that a person can be miskin and still have some stuff? Is in Surah Kahf. When Khidr, when he broke the boat, remember he put the hole in the boat. It was described that it belonged to what? Masakin. So they they owned the boat. But they were poor. So they were miskin, masakin. They were they were miskin, right? Uh, masakin, plural for miskin. Okay? So this is a proof that a person who's miskin, he may have some wealth, but he don't have enough wealth to cover all his needs. Whereas a person that's faqir, nothing. He's totally poor. He has nothing. Right? Um, now this is when what? When they come together. But when they come by themselves, then each could be used for each. That make that make sense? But likewise, is birr 
والتقوى بر والتقوى نعم that when bir يعني comes by itself it means taqwa when taqwa comes by itself it means bir so on and so forth نعم وغير ذلك and other than that from يعني uh, other words that also have this type of functionality نعم فأول فأول الأمور التي فسر بها الإسلام and the first affair that the Prophet وسلم, he described Islam with then verily this was shahada نعم the shahada this is the, this is the beginning the shahada نعم شهادة أن لا إله إلا الله والشهادة أن محمدا رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم now we're going to see the mixture of the classes right because this is something that we've been speaking about in the sisters class نعم and this is why we encourage the sisters to come to Friday right and we encourage the brothers to come to Saturday because it's يعني one reinforces the other one reinforces the other نعم the sheikh he mentions that in the shahada وهاتان شهادتان متلازمتان that these two testimonies then they, then they come together they are binding together نعم they come together وهما لازمتان لكل انس وجني and they are necessary binding upon every human being and every jinn so all of, on all of mankind and all of jinn kind نعم for all upon all of mankind and all the jinn kind is incumbent upon them all to accept islam نعم there's no exceptions there's no exceptions is incumbent upon them all to accept islam من بعثته صلى الله عليه وسلم إلى قيام الساعة from the commission and sending as a prophet Muhammad صلى الله عليه وسلم until the establishment of the hour نعم so from the time the prophet وسلم, he was sent as a prophet every human being every jinn they have to accept Islam if they're going to go to Jannah نعم every human being and every jinn who the message of the Prophet reaches them, they have to accept Islam in order to, to be able to go to the Jannah. And if they do not accept Islam, they can't go to Jannah. If the message of the Prophet reached them and they did not accept Islam, they cannot go to Jannah. And this further illustrates and highlights because again, Ahlul Sunnah, we are the middle. We are the middle. We don't go to this extreme. We don't go to that extreme. Nah, we write in the middle course. We don't, yeah, any, um, we're kind to the people. We don't harm the people. We don't hurt the people. So on and so forth. And there is nothing that is worse, that's more detrimental, that is more harmful, that you can do except to harm a person in their belief. To harm their belief. It's the worst harm you can ever do to a person is to harm their belief. فَمَنْ لَمْ يُؤْمِنْ Bihi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Whoever does not believe in him Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Kana min ashab al-nab Then he's from the people of the hellfire Whoever does not believe in Muhammad Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam From the people of the hellfire Whoever does not accept Islam He's from the people of the hellfire Whoever does not accept what the Prophet Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Came with From the people of the hellfire Now when we understand this reality Naam When we understand this reality Then we understand again From another angle How inner faith Is of no benefit is a disservice right is a crime against humanity interfaith is a crime against humanity why because when these people who in, involved in interfaith right 
and they'll and Allah Musta'an, they'll and they'll have lavish yani, uh, uh, banquets and and dinners and functions inside of the masajid, inside of the masajid, yeah, Subhanallah, inside of the masajid, and they'll invite a, a, a priest and and a rabbi, right, and and whoever else, I don't know, right, and they invite them all to come out to the masjid, and then instead of inviting them to tawheed, instead of inviting them to accept the deen that the Prophet Sallallahu became the complete way of life. Instead, instead of inviting him to accept it, they sit around and talk about what we have in common. Right? They... They sit around, Allah Musta'an, and then they talk about what we have in common. You believe like this, we believe like that. You believe like that, we believe like that. Wallah musta'an. This is such this is such a travesty. This is such yani, a calamity that has befallen uh, the people. Because if that Jew were that Christian, if that Jew were that Christian, after hearing the Muslims address, right, and learning about the the uh the message of the Prophet if they walk away and they don't accept Islam, do they have an excuse? Could they play ignorant? Say, I didn't know nothing about the Prophet I didn't know nothing about the Quran being revealed. I didn't know nothing about the deen of Islam. I never heard about it. How are they going to say they never heard about it? They came to Allah's house. They came to one of the houses from Allah's house, the Messenger. They saw the Muslims. Sometimes they, they watch the Muslims pray. Sometimes they invite them to pray with the Muslims. So how are they going to come down your Muqiyamah and say, I didn't know? Subhanallah, we try to set them up for humiliation and destruction. Does that sound like being a good neighbor? Does that sound like being a good human being? Does that sound like being nice to them? No. But rather with gentleness and with kindness and with sound arguments and proofs and evidences and, and a good yani, conversation and, and, and discord, we should what? We should invite them to Islam. Invite them to accept the deen. You know the statement of the Prophet where he, where he used to write to the the uh, the kings and the leaders from the kuffar he would tell them Islam Teslam. This was a statement of mercy. So some people they try to twist it and make it a statement. They bring it outside his meaning, like it's it's tough. Accept Islam if you want to be saved. No, that's not what it means. The Prophet was telling them accept Islam so that you can be safe. He wanted good for them. He wanted them to benefit. He wanted them to 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 prosper. He wanted them. To meet their Lord and their Lord is pleased with them. So he, so he, so he would ask them in the most gentle and, 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 and heartfelt and, 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 uh, of expressions that show concern. Accept Islam so you can be safe. Accept Islam so you can be safe from the fire. Accept Islam so you can go to Jannah. Accept Islam so that Allah be pleased with you. Naam, this was a statement of compassion. And this should be the manner in which we come at the Jews and the Christians and, and all of the kuffar, whether it's Hindu, Buddhist, from, from nation of kuffar or whoever, we should come at them with gentleness, so encouraging them to accept Islam, to accept Islam so that they can be uh, safe from, from, uh, from harm. It is a must that we do this because anything shy of this, a person come and say, no, 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 we don't want to hear that. That's that, that Wahhabi stuff or whatever. You know, we invite them and it's a good thing. We get them used to Islam. They get used to us and so on and so forth. Is it our intention to get the Kufar accustomed to us? That's our intention? No. Our intention is what? It's to call them to Islam so they can enter into Islam and become Muslims themselves. It's not about that they become familiar with us. What is their familiarity with us going to do anything? That's, that's the statement of someone who's selfish. 
Them becoming familiar with us benefits who? Only us. Now they're not going to look at us crazy. They're not going to say disrespectful things to us because they're familiar with us. Who benefits in that scenario? Us. Do we give people down when they be selfish? Do we give, we call people you know, to, to, so, to the message so because we're selfish? We have our own vested interests in mind. We have our own interests. We have our secret agenda. That's our agenda. Be, be familiar with us. So now you won't, you won't, you know, you know spit at me in public. <laughs> SubhanAllah. Right? You won't say something disrespectful to me in the, in the parking lot of this stupid store or whatever. That'll make no sense. Who cares? They say that, whatever. That's what they do. Who cares? It's to invite them to be giving. And this is the way of the Muslims that giving. Man, look through the Quran. Look through those prophets and the messengers when they came to the people. Look through some of the proofs and evidences that the people used, that the Muslims used against the, the disbelieving people of the village. Is that they told them what? Is that you, 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 you're not going to accept the message of those who don't ask you for anything? They don't ask you for anything. They don't ask for your wealth. They don't ask for nothing from you. They just offering. They just giving, giving, giving. They don't want any return. They 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 just giving. Yeah, it's a selfless. This is the this is the nature of the da'wah. Is that we're calling people to benefit for their benefit, not for our benefit, for their benefit, so they may benefit. Now, and this is how yeah, and it's how we should be. What's the proof of this? That if a person hears about Islam, if a Jew and a Christian hear about Islam and then they do not accept it. Then they done. They going to hell. What's the proof? And we're talking in general now. I'm not talking about any you know, kafir such and such. Right? Because you know, there are cases for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You know, who knows what they died upon the last moment. We don't know. Right? But we're talking in general. That the kuffar, they are the people of the hellfire in general. Nah, I mean, no one argues or, or debates this or second guess this or anything. You know, unapologetically. Yeah, they're the people of the hellfire. Because yeah, it's the boat for the kuffar. The believer in general, nah, the people in general. No one argues with that or, or apologizes for that. No, the believers are the people of the, of heaven. Damn. But what's the proof that if a person hears about, if a Jew or Christian hears about the Prophet, وسلم, and then they don't believe in him, they don't believe in the message in which he was brought with, then they're gonna go to hell. Right? There's a hadith that comes in Muslim. The Prophet وسلم, he said, Walladi nafsi, walladi He said, and by the one who the soul of Muhammad is in his hand. Meaning who? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The Prophet is swearing by Allah. He said, by the one who the soul of Muhammad is in his hand, He said, and by the one who the soul of Muhammad is in his hand. No one will hear from me, from this nation of Jews or the Christians. Now, that not a single Jew nor a single Christian will hear about me and then they die without believing in that which I've been sent with, except that they will be from the companions of the fire, except that they will be from the people of the fire, except that they going to hell. That's clear. Right? Is that clear or no? Does anybody want to argue with the Prophet No way. The Prophet said they hear about him and they die and they don't believe in what he came with, they're going to hell. So now, who's going to say that the Jew or the Christian who the message reached them going to go to heaven? Who going to say that? Who, 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 who in their right mind will have the audacity to contradict the Prophet in such, yani, uh, yani, such a heinous way, such a blatant and apparent way? 
Now, the Prophet ﷺ said they hear about him and they don't believe in his message, they're going to hell. So now who's going to come and say Jews and Christians are going to be in heaven? Who, to who told you that? What, what delay do you have for that? They have to believe in the Prophet Wasallam, And this is every human being and every jinn. The jinn don't have any, you know, uh, uh, an excuse. No. Every sentient being, if you want to put it in those terms, every sentient being on the earth, after descending from the sinning of the Prophet Wasallam until the day of judgment, then you have to take the shahada, ashhadu an la ilaha illallah, wa ashhadu anna Muhammad rasulullah Every sentient being upon the earth, the message come to them, you got to accept Islam. You have to accept Islam. There is no other way you have to accept Islam. This is one point that we get. And, 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 and again, I want you to look at what was mentioned in the hadith, so on and so forth, to see the importance of these matters that are mentioned here. These matters are important. Naam, these matters are of extreme importance. That every Muslim has to know them. Every Muslim. So the shahada, the shahada, the meaning of it, and the meaning of the shahada, la ilaha illallah, it means la illallah, that none has the right to be worshipped in truth except Allah. None has the right to be worshipped in truth except Allah. And the statement of sincerity, the statement of ikhlas, then it comes together upon two pillars. Now, and we took these pillars in the other class. Nafyun amun fa'awaliha wa ithbatun khasun fa'akhiriha. Now, and this is from the benefits, right? This is from the benefits of studying a document, like a, yani like a, like a metin, for example, studying a text and the explanation of that text from one sheikh, right? And then, after some time, studying that same metan with another sheikh. Naam? Or what? Or reading a book, explanation, Arba'in and Nawiyah, from one sheikh. And then reading a book, explanation, Arba'in and Nawiyah, from another sheikh. Naam? So if you read the explanation, Arba'in and Nawiyah, from, for example, from Sheikh Abdul Musa al-Abad, you're going to get benefits that are not contained in the explanation of Sheikh Uthaymeen. And if you read the explanation of Sheikh Uthaymeen, you're going to find benefits there that are not contained in the, in, 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 in the explanation of Sheikh Abdul Muslim. Now, each is going to bring certain benefits that are particular to itself. Now, look at here. This is a benefit because this is the same subject that we're studying. But the Sheikh, he articulates it in a different way that we may also benefit from and will enrich our knowledge. He said that, La ilaha illallah, it consists upon two pillars. Two pillars. He said the first pillar is a general negation. And it comes in the beginning of it. So it starts off with a general negation. Ma'am, he said, and then the second pillar is what? Is a specific affirmation at the end. See, we studied before what? Negation, affirmation. Negation, affirmation. But when we look at it from this wording, a general negation and a specific affirmation, we benefit. That strengthens our understanding. That strengthens our understanding, right? The Shaykh he mentions, he says, He said, because in the beginning, there is a negation for worship from everything other than Allah. So we negate worship in general for everything outside of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
وفي آخرها and at the end of it إثبات العبادة لله وحدة لا شريك له and at the end of it then there is an affirmation a specific affirmation that all of the worship belongs to Allah alone without any partners without any partners so that's a specific what affirmation نعم and then from a a a a a benefit from لغة نعم because this construction لا إله إلا الله Naam, this la here, its functionality or this type of la is called la nafiyah lijins. It's la nafiyah lijins. Naam, it's the name of it. What this means is that this is this is the type of la that is utilized to negate the whole type of a thing. Right? This is a type of la that negates the whole category, the whole type of something. So, so this is another way we benefit from the language that what well, this is a general negation. This negates worship from everything outside Allah. There's no exceptions. Whether it's an angel, whether it's a prophet, whether it's a righteous man, whether it's a rock, a stone, a tree, or whatever the case is, it negates worship from everything, period, general. Everything is included except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The specific affirmation is for Allah and Allah ta'ala alone. This type of la, it necessitates a khabar. In a separate, it, it necessitates a khabar. Naam. Or it necessitates that which is yani, understood by it. That which is understood by it. Okay? And when you see this construction, then you realize that there's something missing. Because you have la ilaha, then you have illallah. So there's something missing. There is a taqdeer, there is a word that is implied that's not said, it has not been articulated. Naam. So what is that word that's implied here? What's the word that's implied? The word that's implied is haqqun. Naam. The word that's implied is haqqun. And the word, yani, and this is what is correct. This is the correct word that's implied. Some of the ulama of kalam, some of the ulama of intellectual rhetoric, right, who are stray and these ones, uh, they say, that what is intent, that what is hidden or what is yani, uh, uh, alluded to is mawjood. La ilaha fil wujood illallah. That there is no ilah in existence except Allah. Existence is not what is intended. What's intended is what? That there is nothing that is worshipped in truth. Not there is nothing that is worshipped in existence. No. Why? Because the second, yeah, I mean, there's nothing that is worship. Excuse me, the one, the, the one that there is nothing that is worship in existence. This is contrary to the reality. This is contrary to, yeah, I mean, uh, uh, what's real. Because do people worship things other than Allah? Yes. Right. The 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 Jews and the Christians they worship human beings. The uh, the Hindus they worship human beings, animals, fictitious characters, so on and so forth, right? So there are things that are worshipped that's not Allah. So to say that there is nothing worshipped in existence except the, then what do you mean that 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 doesn't even fit to reality because there are false deities and these false deities are worshipped every day. So that can't be the meaning of it. That can't be because that that doesn't even make sense, right? Because the false deities then they're then they're there in abundance, now. But if you said that there is nothing that is worshipped in truth, now this was intended. There's nothing that is worshipped in truth, meaning that only Allah is worshipped in truth. Everything other than Allah that is worshipped is worshipped in falsehood because they have no right to be worshipped. 
Allah is the only one who has right to be worshipped. And that's why it's translated as that, that none has the right to be worshipped in truth except Allah. But, فَإِنَّمَا الْمَنْفِي الْأُلُوهِيَّةِ الْحَقِّ So what is negated is things being worshipped in truth. نعم. فَإِنَّهَا يعني so verily it is that which it negates everything other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It negates ibadah for everything other than Allah and it affirms ibadah for Allah and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone. And then uh, the shaykh he gets sent to, which, which briefly, inshallah ta'ala, yani we'll, we'll take it uh, next uh, 10 minutes or so. Uh, the shaykh he mentions, وَمَعْنَ شَهَادَةِ أَنَّ مُحَمَّدًا رَسُولُ اللَّهِ And the meaning of the shahada that Muhammad is the messenger of Allah. Naam. And يُحِبَّه That we have to love him. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam فَوْقَ مُحَبَّهِ كُلِّ مَحْبُوبٍ مِنَ الْخَلْقِ That we have to love the Prophet Sallallahu above our love for every other created things. That from all the other created things, from all the other creatures, created creatures, we love the Prophet Sallallahu the most. And it's important that yani, we understand that. We love the Prophet And this is from the Aqeedah Sunnah with Jama'ah that we love the Prophet more than we love everything else. More than our children, more than our parents, more than, more than, more than, more than, more than. That we love no human being, we love no creature, more than we love Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. This is incumbent. We have to love the Prophet Because when you love the Prophet then it makes everything else is going to be mentioned easy. Right? Miss Ariel is going to mention easy. Now we tried to be like the Prophet Sallallahu Why could we love him? He's a messenger of Allah. Allah chose him to bring the message to mankind. How are we not going to love him? Now, listen, you love somebody that, 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 that do good for you, right? For right now, check it out. If I came to you, I said, listen, brother, I got a short shot way, man. You'll be a millionaire. Five-step program, no infomercial, you know, game stuff. Like, really, no con. You're going to be a millionaire. And then, I, then I'll let you know about this system, and you become a millionaire. Am I going to be your favorite person or not? You're going to love me, right? You're going to say, yo, that's my man's in him. He come around, I got him. Whatever he need, I got him. He needs something, I'm there. That's my man's. He, 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 he got me to be a millionaire. Now, what's a million dollars? <laughs> a million dollars. All right, that's about it. Nothing, nothing, nothing too much. But is there anything finer than what the Prophet said so love? came and taught us no that's the way to ultimate success that's the way to the jannah that's the way to escape the ultimate loss meaning the hellfire escape the ultimate danger get the ultimate success yani no one could point you to something better than that right so why wouldn't you love them this is just from one standpoint yani there's so many Ways and reasons, you know, so on and so. That's just something to let marinate, inshallah ta'ala. But, so we have to love the Prophet, I said, more than we love all the other creatures, right, in creation. And, and we obey him in everything he commands us with. If the Prophet, I said, say, do this, we do it. You see, right now, subhanAllah, we live in a time people sick, they got sickness in their chest. There comes to him an authentic hadith from the Prophet commanding him to do something. And you know what they first they say is? Oh, that's just sunnah. I ain't got to do it. Right? Or they ask you, is that wajib? That's wajib? 
or not? Yeah, subhanAllah. The Sahaba, did they ask questions like this? Is it wajib? No. Is that enough for them? The Prophet said that? Okay, that's what we do. That's what the Prophet said? Yes, okay, that's what we do. This was the way of Sahaba. Then they come and say, is that wajib? I really got to do it. Then they come and they say, oh, it's just sunnah. No. Are you kidding me? No way. Is that when they heard the command of the Prophet ﷺ, and we hear, we obey. That's it. We heard, we heard, we heard the command, and we're going to obey the, uh, uh, the, the, uh, the command. Why? Because they know this is the wahi from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Naam? Hey, and this is because obeying the messenger is obeying Allah. You see? And then we're going to say, oh, we love the messenger. So why are we disobeying him? Right? If your children is, 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 is extremely disrespectful to you, disobey everything you say, right? You break down as a father and say, subhanAllah, you don't love me? Subhanallah, my son, you don't love me? My daughter, you don't love me? You treat me like this? But yet we say we love the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and then we, everything he do, we want to turn our back on it. Subhanallah. Wow. Right? Subhanallah. So in believing in the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, then we have to what? We have to obey him and what he commands us to do. Naam. And we have to stay away from what he told us to stay away from. And we have to believe in everything he informed us of. That what he informed us of, we know that's the truth. The Prophet said, said it's like that, it's like that. Naam. Regardless on whether it's something that took place way in the past, or or something that's going to take place in the future, or something that is here, but, but we don't see it. It's, it's, it's present time, but we don't see it. We haven't bear witness to it. We haven't seen it. If the Prophet said that's the way it's going to be, that's the way it is. If we ain't see it, we ain't see it. But we know that's, that's, that's the way it is. It's going, if, it's, if the Prophet says it's going on right now, it's going on right now. And if I ain't seen it, it's going on right now because the Prophet says it's going on right now. That's like when that lady was trying to, when she was trying to take the, 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 the message back to Quraysh. And the Prophet said, stop us. She got a message. She got a secret message. She's taking back to them. So when they checked her, they checked everything. Checked the camel. They checked what she was, well, yeah, her clothes, her, like, empty your pockets, everything. Checked everything. And it wasn't there. She said, see, it's not here. They said, no. Ali, what he told her, he said, no. He said, the Prophet said, you got it, you got it. If the Prophet said, you got it, you got it. And if we got to strip you butt naked here in the, in the, we, in the desert, we're going to strip you butt naked because we know it's on you somewhere. And at that point, because of her shyness, when she realized how serious they were, they, no, they're going to find it. Because the Prophet said, she got it. And the Prophet told them, go get it. So they know, no, we're going to get it. We ain't going back empty-handed. If you got it, we caught you. You got it. We know you got it. We ain't find it yet, but we know it's here. We know it's here somewhere. So when she saw how serious they were, she said, okay, 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 okay. And then she took it. It was wrapped up in her hair, and then she gave it. This was the conviction of the Sahaba. If the Prophet said it, that's the way it is, period. You see? Because that's the messenger of Allah. And this is what it means to testify by witness that he's the messenger of Allah. When you are Allah... يعني طبقا لما جاء به من الحق والهدى and that we believe and that we worship Allah implementing that which the Prophet ﷺ has come with from truth and guidance so we worship Allah upon the sunnah of the Prophet 
sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Naam, we don't worship Allah upon superstitions. We don't worship Allah upon my whims and desires. We don't worship Allah upon innovation. No, we worship Allah upon the sunnah. The way the Prophet taught us how to do it, that's how we do it. There's no other alternative. There's no other route. I don't care what madhab you have. Huh? I can't believe you say, well, my madhab. No, the madhab are not there for that. The madhab, that's not why they're there. The madhab are there. Every one of those great imams, their intention was to reach the sunnah. That was their intention. But because they're human beings, everybody is right sometimes and wrong sometimes. So sometimes they was right, sometimes they was wrong. When they were wrong, because they're human beings, and this is a must, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He makes it as so, there is no perfection except for with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There's no perfection except for that which comes from Allah. So this is why the scholars sometimes, they make mistakes. Because this is Allah reminding us that they're human beings. They're human beings. Perfection is for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So when our scholars make a mistake, we don't follow them in that mistake. We make excuses for them. Now, the hadith came to them, it was da'if, or the hadith, it never reached them. It came to them from a chain that was da'if, so they didn't accept it, or it didn't reach them, they didn't know, so on and so forth. They make excuses for them. Now, but at the same time, we still keep the, our level of respect, you know, for them, and they, they're on their level, but we don't follow anyone in error. When it's become clear that this is an error, because we have a clear hadith from the Prophet, so I tell them where it says opposite, then we don't say, but my mother have. No, it's what the Prophet said. Ma'am, and this is for everyone who claims it has a madhab. This is the way you follow the madhab. This is the way you follow the madhab. So if you want to be Hanafi, no problem. But you put the proofs and the evidences first. The madhab becomes a structure so that you study fiqh according to that structure. But you base what you anchor your opinion to, the proofs and the evidences. Ma'am, so if you want to be Hanafi, Maliki, Shafi'i, Hanbali, no problem. But you anchor your final position to the proofs and the evidences. That's what you anchor it to. But your yani usul, qawaid, so on and so forth, right? Uh, and everything, then that could be according to the method because it gives you structure in your learning. This is no problem. This is why you had great imams like Imam Ibn Rajab and he was Hanbin. Naam, you had great imams like Imam Al-Nawi and he was Shafi'i. It's no problem. You can be Shafi'i, Hanbali, Hanafi, yani Hanbali, no problem. No problem to have a method. But you have to follow it based upon that. Is that when the proof and evidence come, that's what you cling on to. You don't say, my method. No. Because what you going to do? You going to meet Allah and say, my method? I want you to think about that. You going to meet Allah and you question about something where it's clear that the Prophet did this, but you did opposite. Is your argument going to be in front of your Lord, my method? Mm. Is it? No, that's, that's scary. Who wants to say that? We didn't listen to your messenger. We listened to our sheikh. You think it's going to work out well for you? Mm. I, I'm just saying, you got to peel it back to his, his raw, basic, you know. When we meet Allah, we want to be, be able to say about everything we do because of, the, uh, because of your statement or because of the statement of your prophet. And this is how the companions understood it. So this is what we did. It's no problem. Long as you can say that about everything you're doing, no problem. You can't say that, you're in trouble. You're in trouble. Naam. Then the Shaykh goes on to get in further of that, that which yani, uh, the benefits and that which is, yani, comes from these uh, two testimonies. But we'll save that 
uh, until the uh, the next time, and in Bithilahi Ta'ala, we'll start uh, from there. فنكتفي بهذا القدر وصلى الله وسلم على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم وجزاكم الله خيرا